Hello and thank you for joining us on the PDPW Weekly Podcast. Studies have found the act of forgiveness reaps healthy rewards for your mind, body, and soul. As we hear from servant leadership trainer Tom Thibodeau, forgiveness is a deliberate and intentional act of love. And it's important to cut each other some slack once in a while and give some second chances. This week's message, a great reminder from Tom for us to forget about the perfection and focus on the goodness of forgiveness. Bill, it's always good talking with you. And this beautiful day here in La Crosse, Wisconsin, I think it's important for us to remember, to think about, and to practice forgiveness. proverb that I live by is, love is forgiving. Love is forgiving. Forgiveness is an active, intentional, and deliberate act of love. And one of the most healthy and healing activities you can participate in. In a study that was done at Mayo Clinic, they found out that those people that were more forgiving were also more healthy and it might be connected to longevity. And you begin to realize that over a period of time, if you're going to live a long and meaningful life, you have to nurture levels of forgiveness. We are not perfect people. We are human, and human beings are hurt by other human beings, and human beings hurt other human beings. There's plenty of evidence for that. We can nurture revenge, or we can forgive. We can be angry, we can be full of rage, or we can be hopeful and healing. A lot of free-floating anger today. People are angry about the virus. People are angry about the economy. People are angry about their levels of isolation. Under these times when people are spending more time together, they might be angry with the people that they have lived with for many years and never were healed of those, of those past hurts. And so they come out in strange ways. People begin to punish the people they love or sometimes punish themselves. Anger always needs a target. And so we see people today blaming others, or how is it that we have been perceived or have been treated and we want to strike out? And yet, this is exhausting on many levels. If I hold grudges, if I bear the burdens of others, if I am looking for levels of retaliation, I am just exhausted. Harold Kushner, who is the author of When Bad Things Happen to Good People, is a very thoughtful wise rabbi, and he writes this. This is the knowledge I would share with you. Nursing a grudge only perpetuates the offender's power over you. He continues to live in your head, reinforcing your frustration, polluting your imagination with thoughts of getting even. Don't let him get away with that. He may or may not deserve forgiveness, but you deserve better than to waste your energy being angry at him. Letting go is the best revenge. Forgiveness is the identifying marker of the stronger party to the dispute. It is truly a favor you do yourself, not an undeserved gesture to the person who hurt you. Be kind to yourself and forgive. Be kind to yourself and forgive. Forgiveness is a great gift we give to ourselves. Over 35 years ago, I had the opportunity to preach at my brother's wedding. And he allowed me to pick out the gospel that I would preach on. And at the wedding, I preached on the time when Peter asked Jesus, how many times do we need to forgive another? And then Peter asked seven. 
And Jesus looks at him, and I would imagine smiled and said, no, Peter, not seven, 70 times seven. I told my brother then, and I remind us all today, that 70 times seven is 490 times. And I reminded him that you'll use up those 490 times forgiveness in the first years of marriage. Isn't that true? How often to be in a healthy relationship with another human being, some of the most important words I can ever say is, I'm sorry, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to be thoughtless from time to time. I am going to be selfish, and yet I rely upon the forgiveness of other people. Love is forgiving. It is about giving other people a second, a third, and a fourth chance, giving people the opportunity to begin again, to start again. Nelson Mandela, who was uh, elected president of South Africa in 1996, had spent the previous 27 years in jail as a prisoner of the state. While in jail, he was tortured, and he knew some of the people that were, were holding him in jail wanted to kill him. And yet, when he became president on the dais, on the platform with him were his former jailers. What Mandela was saying to the people of South Africa and to the world is, I forgive them. You must too. It's time for us to begin our lives together in a new way. And forgiveness is that way. Forgiveness starts within. Forgiveness takes time to be gentle, patient, and understanding of ourselves, to accept our own imperfections. The Jewish Talmud teaches God loves goodness more than God loves perfection. God loves goodness more than God loves perfection. We need to learn to believe in our own goodness to be patient with ourselves. And when we are patient and recognize the goodness in terms of ourselves, we will extend that same level of patience and understanding to others. Elizabeth Kuber Ross wrote at one time a book called The Stages of Death and Dying. She was somebody who had worked in hospice and looked at the stages that people go through. And then some other authors have taken those kind of stages and applied them to the process of forgiveness. And, and I think it's very helpful to recognize that forgiveness is a process. It doesn't happen all at once. What we recognize is that for people to be healed from a divorce, generally it takes uh, 10 years. It doesn't happen all at once. When we're hurt, we have need time, and we need to begin, begin forgiving, but it does take time. It's a process, not just one individual act. And the first step in the process is denial. Most of the time we're too proud to admit that I'm hurt that I'm not upset. It doesn't bother me. And yet, criticism does hurt. Sarcasm does hurt. Disappointment does hurt. And it doesn't matter who you are. No human being is exempt from being hurt. And we want to deny it. For men, this is particularly difficult because we think it's masculine to be tough. And yet, at the same time, do we not all have tender souls? Are we not all vulnerable? Are we all not susceptible to the criticism of others? Second, after that level of, of denial, and we start to recognize, well, yeah, I have been hurt, uh, become angry. Anger is a powerful emotion. It has all kinds of energy. And when it gets unleashed, it can lead to violence in both our words or our deeds. We see this so often today where people are raising their voices and yelling and shouting it's the expression of anger, which oftentimes 
gives us an understanding as to what is it we fear. Oftentimes we're trying to protect ourselves, we're trying to lash out so we will not be hurt again. What is it we do with our anger? Do we allow it to transform us for something that is good? Do we use its energy for transformation? Or do we nurture and have it go inward in which we then begin to destroy ourselves? The third step in the process of forgiveness is bargaining. We start saying to ourselves, well, if he hadn't said this, I wouldn't have done that, or maybe I would have. Oftentimes you see this in people that are victimized, people who are hurt, and they blame themselves. I think so many of our farmers right now who find themselves in economic difficulty blaming ourselves themselves. Maybe if I hadn't bought that piece of equipment, maybe if I had worked harder. Really? Can any farmer work any harder? Can any farmer work more than 16 or 18 hours a day in the barns and in the fields producing crops and milk only to have no market for it? A market that they did not dissipate, they helped to create, but they didn't take it away. A virus did. And yet so often when people are going through a hard time, we tend to say, well, maybe if I had done this, and we blame ourselves at that level in terms of, of bargaining. The fourth level is a level of acceptance. This is what, what happened. I was hurt. And now I responded. It's a recognition of my own humanity. It's a recognition of my own limitations. All of us as parents and spouses, we recognize we, that our love has limitations. A spouse who loves another spouse cannot take away the effects of cancer or unemployment or addiction. You can stand there and accept the person for who they are. We're certainly not going to change anybody by judging them too harshly. And finally, the last step is that after you've gone through the whole process of forgiveness, you realize it's time to begin again, not to be paralyzed. How many times growing up did we have a parent or a grandparent, a teacher, a coach, our first boss, who gave us a second chance, who gave us a chance to be reconciled, who gave us a chance to be forgiven for our mistakes or missteps, and for ourselves, each of those mistakes, each of those missteps, was it not a powerful teacher? Wasn't it the beginning of wisdom? Wasn't it the opportunity to develop our levels of character and strength that are helping us even now? One final story. This is the most profound story that I have to share. And anything that I'll, I'll say in any podcast, this is the most profound. My father was my greatest teacher. He was my role model. He was my mentor. He was my best friend. And after 35 years of marriage, he divorced my mother. It was a terrible shock for all of us, all six of us who were young adults at the time, found ourselves in the courtroom watching. We couldn't believe what was taking place. And then my father married a woman much younger than himself, a woman who was threatened by our, the presence of his children, and so we were never welcomed into their new home. My Christmas in the early years with my daughters, I had these hopes of them knowing their grandfather the way in which I had known him. We would have Christmas at Denny's and a restaurant. It was awkward for a grandpa to share his Christmas presents with his young granddaughters at a restaurant. Off, awkward for his son and daughter-in-law 
to bring along presents and to be truly grateful for the separation and the pain that had been caused. There were times in which there were distance. There were times in which we would hardly speak. It was terribly painful. After a while, the second wife grew tired of taking care of an older gentleman and then asked my father. They were separated. During the time of separation, um, my father had a stroke. We brought him to our hometown here in La Crosse so that we could take care of them. Two of my brothers and sisters lived here, so there were three of us here. There's, there's six of us in the family, so we were able to, to visit my father every day, make sure that there was somebody there at the, at the assisted living place taking care of him. My father only had about three words after the stroke, three beautiful words. I love you. Thank you. And let's get the hell out of here. I would go to the sister's living place where he lived and sit at night on the front porch and hold hands. He was like a little boy. He was a child. I was the parent. I grew up. And I'd be sitting there with my father with this extraordinary gentleness and sweetness and love that I enjoyed for a lifetime. And then I would think about his second marriage, how we were shut out of his life, how there was only distance and darkness, and I would become bitter and resentful. And I realized at that moment I had a choice to make. If I wanted to experience the sweetness, the gentleness, the everlasting love of my father, I had to let go of the bitterness and resentment. If I held on to the bitterness and resentment, I could not have the sweetness, the gentleness, and the love. Well, it's the same thing for all of us today. What are we going to hold on to? What are we going to let go of? So for each of us, we might consider how have we been hurt? How have we forgiven others? We might also think of how is it that we've hurt others and how is it that we've been forgiven? God loves goodness more than God loves perfection. Enjoy your goodness. Forget about perfection. Forgiveness gives us all a second chance. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archive podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.